Welcome back, ladies and gents, to Down for the Count. I am your girl, Tiffany E. And on behalf of my co-host, Alexis and Nicole, welcome back to the show. So this week is actually last week's episode. It's late. Don't yell at me. Don't worry. This week's episode is coming. (laughs) It is coming. We have at least three or four episodes that I have to edit and break down and get done. We're going to get all of that done within the next five days. By Thursday for sure, we will have at least five new episodes of Down for the Count up and ready for you guys to listen to back to back. So, I'm going to work hard this week and get it up. I hope you guys enjoy. And don't forget to follow us on our social media at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram at Down for the Count 19 on Twitter. We live tweet the shows and all that stuff. So if you want to see our live tweets and the funny, please be sure to follow us on Twitter for sure. Um, and don't forget to make sure you listen out for the next episode to Down for the Count. And without further ado, Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Down for the Count, your favorite podcast to leave hate mail for. My name is Alexis, and with me, as always, is Tiffin Nicole. Lady, say hi. Hello. Nicole. Hola. Sorry, I just have to say hi. My um, Before we get started with the show, um, it's been kind of a somber week for wrestling fans. We not only lost one, but two wrestlers, um, not even in the span of a week. Um, last week, Shad Gaspar went out as a hero. Um, him and his son got pulled into an undercurrent. Um, lifeguards and rescue personnel went to save them. And the last words that Shad Gaspar said was, save my son. And he saw his son being saved, and he was pulled under. And unfortunately, um, we were all hoping and praying for a miracle, but um, his body was later found. Um, And then we lost uh, a great young wrestler with a lot of potential. Um, Nicole, how how do you say her last name? I just want to make sure I give her the respect she deserves. I have to look at it in person because I can't. I can't do it from the top of my head. And, uh, Hannah Kimura? Um, Kimura. Okay. Um, she was a 22-year-old rising star. She she was wrestling for Shimmer, right? Stardom. 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 She was one-time guidance champ, and she was two-time another weird. I they, they have such weird titles over there, and there's a second one that she was at twice. Um, okay. She debuted at 19. Wow. Um, but most, but some people know her a bit more over Terrence House. I don't watch Stardom like that. I need to watch it more, and I, because of her, I will try to watch it now. I would see her a lot because of her outfit, her ring gear. Her ring gear was amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That reminded me of 90s raver kid. Yeah. Yeah. She was on a TV show on that came on a popular channel in Japan. It was a reality show. It's called Terrace House. And it was um, streamed to Netflix as well. She got into an altercation with another 
person on the show, and because of that, she was bullied online. And then the tweets came out, and Instagram posts came out. Kyrie Sane saw the the tweets, called a friend, and asked her to go check on her. And when she got there, it was too late. She was already gone. Um, for all you assholes out there who think what you don't put on the internet has repercussions, I really hope they get precious uh, precious charged against them. I don't care if it's happening. Yeah. Like. Someone needs to be held responsible for that. Now, as far as Japan is concerned, they're very upset by this girl's young loss, which anybody should. She was only 23. Yeah. Okay, so, so she's I, very, I'm very young. I'm sure that something's going to happen. To, I think those, they're, they're, they're going to, it's not going to, it's not rocket science for them to be able to track their IP addresses and figure out who it is, even though their Twitter accounts, um, the worst of them that I saw, they are all deleted. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're still, like, the government can't find them. So I don't know what they think deleting their accounts are going to do. They probably already know who they are. So it's like, oh, you have to, oh well, you have to accept the responsibility for what you've done. But she's dope, though. Like, honestly, her fucking ring gear, that's what, and that's like, I know that's kind of like a dumb, I feel like, I don't know, some people might think, like, that's kind of not something that you should miss. But I, because that's what I always remember seeing online from her. Like, I've seen a few of her matches, but I just remember I would always, like, randomly stumble across her, and I'd be like, man, I was like, her outfit is, I'm like, oh, my God, her outfit is so freaking dope. All right. Well, she, in Japan, they planned on strengthening the um, cyberbullying laws there because of this tragedy, so... Still um, lining up, as you can say. Oh, well, have fun in jail, fuckers. Mm-hmm. Especially Japanese jail. Oh, you're going to hate yourself after that. Mm-hmm. Have fucking fun. But our heart and our, our love go out to their families. Um, and just, I think it's great that, you know, the internet, like usually the wrestling community online, we're always trying to go back and forth and tear each other down and, you know, seeing people come together like TikTok where like every video I saw on TikTok, it was like a moment of uh, crime time. Like everyone was posting their favorite moments of crime time. And they showed mine where they were taught where um, DX were trying to get tickets into an arena and they had like a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> that was so stupid. And then like someone showed um, when crime time in Cena destroy JBL's limo. I remember seeing Oh, that. I love that. I love that so much. And then Nicole Belt had a human emotion when um, she checked um, Chad's wife put up a GoFundMe to help. And there was an anonymous uh, donation of a crazy amount. $40,000. With the word CTC. And Nicole, our resident android here, started to <laughs> <laughs> You know, if y'all were around for that, CTC was when Crime Time and John Cena teamed up to go up against Layfield in his cabinet. It was a very short promo, um, but it was great. Like, it was like, it, it was. was awesome. 
and they spray painted that until that gaudy ass limo that JBL came out in yep. with the fucking steer horns. And I'm like, I like gaudy, but this is disgusting. Gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> it so- was just, um, and I was like, me and a few other people on there um, saw it because I just so have, I don't know what I was doing. I looked on it because someone said, um, because someone was like, oh, Tony Khan um, donated. I was like, well, let me be nosy and see, and see how much he donated. Um, and Tony Khan donated 10 grand. Um, also, so did um, JTG, his former um, tag team partner as well. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Cody and Brandy. Um, also, Tri- Ricochet did, but I don't think a lot of people caught it as oh, well. Yeah. Um, Jericho did, and I think there's a few, uh, there's a few other people, but, um, yeah, and then sometime today, um, he posted on his Instagram story Mm -hmm. of the spray-painted car, just to basically confirm, but I will not slander, uh, John Cena. I said for the rest of the year, I will not slander him for the rest of his career. I love the John Cena. So. slander, John Cena. That just makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure over in Japan, wrestlers are coming together for Hannah as well. A lot of the indie wrestlers that we follow here on Instagram. Um, I know Sessions Moth. She like had a complete utter breakdown over it, and um, it's a lot of love being shown and. Why is it that the, that the rest online wrestling community only comes together when there's a fucking tragedy? Like we can't get along, but tragedy has well, one's good with well, each other. Well, because there's no reason to be divisive. This is this is sad, and you can't you can't you can't argue this. This this is it, it, a life has been taken, so there's no reason for divisiveness or trolling there's no room for it in this particular instance so it it looks to me like if it's something that's of a serious nature we'll come together when we need to but if you're talking about AEW versus WWE oh it's gonna be a war all day every day there's nothing you can do about that I'm just talking about normally like just saying you like a certain wrestler and the next thing you know it's just like people are coming for your coming for your neck and you're just like all I said was I like this one match that somebody was in yeah <laughs> like there's like that with everything there's the, the, everything is like that they're special so it's, not, it's just not the wrestling community it just is what it is but um, just, just love your loved one hold them tight and if you think you need to call somebody don't hesitate to do it but, um, yeah. Check on your friends. Um, yeah, they're not okay. Um, be nice to each other. Um, certain people don't um, deserve the kindness, i.e., um, Rebby Harvey and um, Sonny Daniels. Literally, continue to fuck both of them. Fuck <laughs> both of them. Yes. Jesus Equally. be offense. No, because Sonny tried some did like some bullshit. Um, sub Facebook thing talking about how she used to get hit all the time and she never killed herself. 
I said, yeah, but you had to fucking whore, your out and whore yourself out and sell your Hall of Fame ring. Why? I'm sorry. What? She, this was after the girl committed suicide? Yeah, this suicide. was like today. She's a piece of shit and she knows it. She's got to try anything to be relevant anymore. Why man. are people so narcissistic? That is just so... And to before anyone starts, this is very sex positive uh, podcast. I'm very sex positive. So shout out to like you real OnlyFans people. But Sunny Daniels is only on there because her her fucking pussy is so dried up. No one else would normally want it. So if you have all these incels who still don't leave her in their basement, who still have warped fantasies that she's still semi-attractive. And tries to fund her lifestyle that way. She said it. Nicole! She said it, not me. I'm in the clear this time. I don't give a like, fuck. She won't fight me in person. Oh, God! <laughs> give her, just do what Impact did and give her a commutative ham. And be like, I'm you sorry. I thought you was right up, though. Like, why are you going? Because she's been so by every single dude in any wrestling locker room. I don't have time for either one of y'all. Y'all ain't shit. Y'all ain't shit. Oh my god. This was bad, honey. We would be all for it, but this is dried up, you know, used goods, had a pun or Hall of Fame ring twice. How much do you think she got for that Hall of Fame ring? twice you took it out and then sold it again yeah she was that broke for me Chris Candino bless his soul he's been dead for almost 20 years and she's still writing his fucking name all right (laughs) I said what I said and I stand by it my god oh Oh, my god I'll send you this picture of Hannah Oh, this is so good. This makes me so sad. Fuck those people. I know. They, they will. They will get theirs. That is. All right. So, and last... also, Hannah has one of the probably one of the most prestigious distinct, distinctions is being one of the first women to wrestle at a Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm glad. What? She... I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, she was a part of the first uh, women's match at Wrestle Kingdom this past year. So. Wow. That makes me sad. Uh, but you can't say that, huh, Sonny? <laughs> I don't care. Love that. That just gives me cyberpunk 90s raver. Oh, God. That makes me sad. Makes yeah. me sad also makes me want to go fight. You want to go fight people after we're done recording? Because I got some anger to take out right now. Well, don't worry. I'm we'll be able period, to take so I'm out. Extra, I'm extra angry. Jesus. Fucking, you and me, Nicole, will go to Japan and just start wreaking hell on people. How about that? Like, <laughs> oh, God. All right. So last week we just did wrestling news because even though we watched WWE and, of course, NXT and some AEW as well as other promotions, it's, we just want to try to keep the podcast a little bit fresh and realize that sometimes, due to the pandemic, that things can be somewhat stale when it comes to the storylines for the shows. So, 
we're going to talk about some rumors and we're going to talk about some wrestling news. So first things first, let's talk about some of the news, okay? So there are two um, legal battles going on with the Revival. The Revival, um, of course, left WWE sometime this year. They were finally let out of their contract. I believe it was last year they were let out or early this year they were let out of their contract. They they right before the major layoffs happened this year. Okay. So they were let out of their contracts earlier this year, well, a couple months ago, if that's the case. They were let out of their contracts, and they've been, you know, living their best life since. Now, of course, they cannot use the name The Revival on the indie circuit because WWE owns it. The the revival own the WWE owns the revival's name at this point. So anything they want to do under that moniker, they can't. WWE's gonna block them every way they can. So they decided to change their name to the Revolt. Now, <clears throat> there's the first legal issue with the revival is that WWE is issuing a cease and desist against the revival for the gimmick idea that was circulating around earlier this year. So if you don't know, they had a comedy gimmick circulating around earlier this year with new uniforms for the revival. And it was it, it was embarrassing. I'm not even going to front. It was some embarrassing shit. And the revival decided to take that concept and make it into T-shirts and sell it. <clears throat> well, okay. WWE got wind of it, and they issued a cease and desist to tell them to stop selling the merchandise with their concept on it, which is an admission that they actually did this. <laughs> that they were going to put this gimmick, this gimmick on these tag teams. This tag what was, team. What was the gimmick? Because, like, they, they were really going to make a revival? I mean, like, they were good. I'm not screaming from the hilltops about them, but they were good. They were going to make them a comedy act? Hold on. Let me see if I can find... Oh, let me go... They were circulating. It was like those dumb um, storyboard art, and I thought they were fake. Me so too. I never paid them no mind because I I I seen them quite often. But no, they were real, and I said, "Who child?" I'm yes, bad. they were. Hold so on, bad. I'm gonna find it. I'm and then... not about to have me out here looking like fucking boo boo the fool. <laughs> okay, here we go. I mean, there you can do good comedy wrestling even if you're a serious team, but like the revival's not a comedy gimmick though. Well, I like the revival when they were, you know, with the Usos and the Usos was pranking them. I thought that was funny. Um, that didn't diminish them. It was just funny. You know what I'm saying? Um they can stay the revival, the the hard hitting traditional tag team, and still do comedy shit. They didn't have to attempt to embarrass them like this. So if you go in the group chat, you can look and see the concepts that they were trying to get them to wear for this particular um, comedy act. It looked like some flavor flav shit, but um, are you serious? Yep. <clears throat> This is some spirit squad bullshit. Now, this was, at first they were saying, WWE were, wasn't saying anything against it or for it. And because I thought, I'm like, okay, this doesn't sound right. Like, that can't be real. But because WWE sent this cease and desist to tell them to stop selling this merchandise, 
that is a confirmation without a confirmation that this is actually legitimate. This this was something that they were actually going to go with. So I kind of have to go on the revival with this this particular instance. I wouldn't have worn this shit either. It's embarrassing. Okay? Yeah. Um, they're grown men, and at the very minimum, you could have let them stay the way they were and still have them do a comedy gimmick. They had already done it. I mean, they would put itching powder in her ass. Okay? They would scratch her ass in the middle of the ring. I think they were on the bottom enough. They didn't have to go any further than that. This seems more like a punishment than anything else. So, I'm I'm, kind of... I don't see why they would punish them, because it's just like, I agree with you. I'm on the Revival side. But it's like, at the same time, every time the Revival were like, we want to go, we want to leave get us out of our contract, they got yeah. the titles. Yeah, but towards the end, the Revival just refused to work at all. Oh. Okay. So that cut their tag team in half, and they felt like, because, and the Revival felt like because they didn't have any creative control over their characters, they They're just, they were again. like, we're done. They're just like, we're done. They're done, we're Creative control. That's what they say. So that was the first um, issue with the revival. The second one is a little bit more, you can't, a little more convoluted. So the revival is going under a new name called the Revolt, and the Revolt is fine, I guess. It's, it's a decent name, but there's already an indie tag team that goes by the Revolt, and they have filed to trademark the revolt to block the trademark that the revival had filed for the trademark for the revolt. So this Caleb um, Conley and Zane Riley are an indie tag team. They got wind of the trademark filing for the revolt Mm -hmm. and they went on and decided to file a trademark blocking to filing to block their trademark. So it's a round and round vicious cycle and the trademark details the revival being able to sell merchandise under the revolt name, um, you know, um, to be able to use that in terms of on television, everything. So Caleb and Zane are trying to get that trademark for themselves and get it back. I don't know if the Revival were aware that these guys had this name, but if they were able to trademark it, it tells me that either the trademark had ran out for the indie tag team or they never trademarked it in the beginning to begin with. If that's the case, then the indie guys are going to have a problem. You know about more of the indie stuff. Um, because Even on Twitter, some indie people are verified. Um, is there trademarks? In the indie wrestling world, yes, you can, yes. and they they so they so so I'll clear up a little bit things. So they did have a trademark on it. Um, I just don't think they did. They weren't knowledgeable enough in trademarks, so it wasn't like the proper like for entertainment value. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Mm. They just had like a general, and because he his muscles look like they could breastfeed her. <laughs> Jesus. But at the same time, so guys, if you want to know how jacked women like, think Brian Cage, 
do Brian Cage. Don't be like Scott Steiner, because Scott Steiner just gets the hell out of me. Like, but whereas like muscles on muscles, Brian Cage is just a big dude, and I would climb him like a fucking tree if I ever got the oh chance. My God. <laughs> You're so fucking hot. Um, I have very crude spectrum of men. I can't help it. Um, like <laughs> after that, and then after. And I will admit, the match went longer, but MJF and Jungle Boy are really good. <sighs> One of my friends said something last night, and it made a lot of sense. They said Cody Rhodes, as good as he is on the mic, uh, Cody can only give you a three-star match. Yeah, that's why I say he's he's very mid-wrestler. That dragged out, because everyone was hyped, because we're like, okay, Brian Cage is the number one contender for, or he gets a shot at Ma. This is a good match between Jungle Boy and MJF. Everyone's like really up and, you know, when your adrenaline's going from watching a good show. Uh-huh. And then it just went, yeah. And they just sucked the life out of it. With it was only a 20-minute match, and I'm telling you, it felt like 45 minutes of my life just got taken from me. So... Wait, so you had two middle-of-the-road wrestlers wrestling each other? Yes! And this is is something that kind of made everyone a little uncomfortable. Um, Before the match, Lance Archer is dragging this random black dude to the ring. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And picks up this guy and choke slams him. Uh, How many times has he done this? Twice, apparently. It was just a random black dude every time? Um, they said it, I asked him cool about that. I'm like, this is very uncomfortable. I don't like this. It's like, you mm. know, one of my friends on the Zoom said that uh, he did this in Japan. I'm like, to a random black dude. Well, apparently there's this, again, I don't know much about New Japan or wrestling, or Japanese wrestling promotions, so please don't shoot me. Um, I'm just going to be the first one to say it. Apparently there's this group called the Young Lions. Does that make sense to Nicole? You ever heard of these guys? That sounds very familiar. That apparently what he would do is go and, like, after the Young Lions had a match, like, every time, apparently... He go chokeslam the the Lions guy after they won. I'm like, that sounds it got like it very boring very quickly. This was the lamest match of the night. <laughs> when they Only should have Cody be the the first TNT champion. He showed that title. Me and my friend looked at each other and I'm like, are they real? Like they was giving WWE all kinds of shit for their titles. I'm like, especially that 24/7 championship. Okay, the 24/7 we get it, but I'm like, this is supposed to be a title that gets taken seriously. EC motherfucking W had better looking titles than AEW. Well, in their defense, they couldn't get the title finished due to COVID-19. Like, like, this is not a good idea. This is undone. 
you could see the fucking fingerprints on it by the time Cody held it up. Everybody, like, if there was a fucking murder that took place, like, later on that night, everybody's fingerprints were on that thing. It was they just, like, it, it was dull. It well, was, I mean, it's still going to have TNT on the front of it, right? It's still going to have yeah. those letters on it. All it is is, it all just, it is, is just getting gold-plated on top of it. It's not, like, it's still fucking ugly. It's still it's, ugly. It's hell It just man. looks slightly less like shit. But Lance Archer, he does nothing for me. Um, I really want someone to like shave his head because the whole time we were like this, like that extent, like his little braid thing, whatever. One of one of the people on Zoom were like, "Oh, you know, it's a look he had over in Japan." I'm like, his look is stupid. I mean, like, like I'm not I'm not Penelope Ford, but like, shit, dude, you look like an idiot. Like, nothing about you screams threatening. If anything, you just remind me of a dude at a five-finger death punch concert. And it's just... Mm. Mm-hmm. After they had that, they had Penelope, uh, Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. They're trying to build this storyline that, like, Kip is using Penelope. And I'm like, oh, don't do this right now. Like, they just got engaged. Come on. Um, I think they're fine, though. Yeah, I know, but still. Um, That was actually a really good match. Chris won. Of course, Sheeta beat Nyla. They beat the shit out of each other, and I was just like, oh, fuck, because it was like, no disqualification, falls count anywhere. And, like, Sheeta beat the shit out of Nyla. And poor Nyla's tights, they were so pretty, but by the time they were done, they they were all ripped to shreds. (laughs) I was like, oh, man. And I like those. Um, Brody Lee and Mox bored the shit out of me. Again. Because I was like, okay. It's <clears throat> like, uh, it was boring. Was it DQ? No DQ? You know, I didn't think it was. It was It was a no DQ and it was no no DQ and it was something else. Like, it was just weird. Like it had, Was it like, falls count anywhere? Situation. No, it was not a false count anywhere. Okay. But it like, was a no DQ and a no something. Or I think it was a no count out. Yeah. Um, like, so they basically had the same type of match back to back, which you really can't do. They had, and the whole time it was just like, oh my God, this is horrible. And then they did a stunt where it looked like, I'm not calling it that, when Mox tried to dirty deed uh, all the fucking walkway gives out paradigm shift i'm not calling it that (laughs) (laughs) i like paradigm shift better than dirty deeds so i like dirty deeds i like it um did a stunt where they went through the walk the alleyway thing first thing that came to mind was um fucking bam bam bigelow and taz doing that sorry about that john um, Mox didn't bleed. Brody, or Luke, Brody Lee bled. Like, when the match won, I was just like, I was just like, finally! And they're like, oh, you're happy Mox is contained? I said, no, I'm happy this match is finally Hey, 
Okay, thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. 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 <laughs> anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. Because by the time that got done, it was 11 o'clock. They started at 8, and I still have one more fucking match to get through. I felt like it was so long. I felt like the whole pay-per-view was so long. And, but here's I was just tired. I was like, oh, my fault. They only had seven matches last night. So please explain to me how, how seven matches can make you... Because like I didn't get out of my friend's house till about midnight. Cause that's when the pay-per-view was almost over. And our, I messaged these two, and I was like, you know, WWE's kind of been spoiling us slipping in the shows early lately, which I don't mind. Cause, but, um, so you had, like, I hate to say it, but like Penelope and Chris was a filler. It felt like even though it was a women's title match, the women's match or the women's title match was filler. Then they had, yeah, but it was more cohesive than most of the men's matches. This is true. I was more entertained by the two women's matches than the other. Well, then we had Stadium Stampede. Um, I got to I'm not even gonna fucking front. That shit was funny. It was hilarious. I was like, I need to go to like the Jacksonville Jaguars fucking clubhouse. They got like an infinity pool. They got a fucking nice bar. They got a pool table. <laughs> like I, I need to go here. Like that's the only way. Be able to watch Jacksonville Jaguars game is being up in there. Um, you know, it it was good. Um, I really hope Sammy Guevara got paid because I'm pretty sure his spine turned to paste, which I I like that spot. I'm not gonna fucking rock. Um, the young buck who supposedly has the injured ribs, German suplex Sammy Guevara from what like the 40 yard line. To the fucking touchdown. Because they're on uh, the field that the Jaguars play on. Mm-hmm. And he fucking German suplexed him from like the 40 yard line to the fucking touchdown zone. I'm like, this Lord poor spine is like pulverized right now. Um, Adam Page came in like the cowboy. He really fucking is. Chased Sammy Guevara down on a horse. There was a bar fight. Jericho and Audrey were yelling at each other. At his Hangman stopped to have a drink because, like, same, like, I wouldn't be messing with all them crazy. I'm not messing with all you crazy white people for all this. The whole this whole time, you want me to be sober? The fuck not. Nope. If I had to be on the same team as the Young Bucks, Kenny, and Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy, I would also drink in between yeah. my spots. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. It was kind of set up. I'm being 100% honest. Because at one point, Hager (laughs) and Paige drinking in the bar, that got the biggest pop from, like, all me 
and my friend is just like, hey, man, found the bar. He's good. And then, like, Hayer comes in, and it's, like, this old-school Western-like feeling because it's, like, he's sitting next to Hangman at the bar, and without even looking up, like, Hangman pours him, like, a bottle, like, a shot of whiskey, and, you know, Adam's sipping it. Hayer just swallows the damn thing. I was like, holy shit, dude. None of them flinched, and the next thing you know, they're fighting in this bar, and Hager actually throws Paige, uh, like, on the bar, like, the actual bar. He, like, runs them down on it. And, like, this is fucking crazy. Um, Matt Hardy did his one trick where he just kind of turns into all his incarnations. I did pop for the version one version, though, because I like that one. Um, they like Santa. They like... One, like, who they lock in the freezer? Ortiz? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the fucking freezer. It was 100% chaos. I fucking loved it. And then uh, the good guys prevailed because it was for the control of AEW. I'm like, I really hope y'all got paid good for this shit. Because there was, there, was there was a lot of good spots. I'm not going to sit here. I got a laugh out of it. I thought it was funny. And, um... I thought it was fun, but honestly, the only matches I really, if you want to, like, for some reason, go back and watch it, Battle Royal, MJF and Jungle Boy, Sheeta and Nyla, Penelope and Chris, and uh, Stadium Stampede. Like, that should be the only reason you watch this, and that's, like, half the show right there. But, yeah, it was good. Um, Honestly... I'd probably be bop on here. Um, honestly, AEW, um, like, yeah, clean up some of your pay-per-views. Yeah, there's you should yeah. streamline it. I mean, no. just like WWE's doing, cut it down so you get the important stuff on there that's gonna keep people's attention. I'm just gonna buy the season. I don't give a fuck. That <laughs> you know that they like, well, it's Saturday, and if people are at home watching us, you know, they're gonna watch us no matter what. And I, but like at the same time, because people are like, well, it's a Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate WWE pay per views being shorter on a Sunday, especially when like some people have to get up like super ass early the next day and go to work. I appreciate that too. I like do. I, I liked it. I, I was just like, okay, cool. matches that matter rather than filler matches. Like I don't think there should be a lot of filler matches on a pay per view. Like I think one palate cleanser match is enough. Like, right in the middle of the show is where you should kind of slow down a little bit, let people reset, and then can recharge their batteries, you know, go get a snack or whatever, and then, you know, start revving it back up again. <clears throat> but, anyways, I'm glad AEW had a decent pay-per-view, whether it was too long or too many matches. I'm glad they had a good pay-per-view. Okay. Um, but I really hope that, like, they... Like WWE, especially like when with Mania, like I really hope they saw this year's Mania and they're like, you know, if we did this on one night, we probably wouldn't be getting out of here till 3:30. So can we just kind of cut down the card for Mania? Because I'm pretty sure well, no one say no to that. I think they are going to make the matches um, for Mania. Uh, they're going to keep them either to a minimum of matches or your, the timing of each match is going to be shortened. 
um, which would force them to do better in a match if you want to have a WrestleMania moment. Well, on a less fun note, Leo Uh Rush and Cornette were going at it on Twitter this week. And it was more because of Jim Cornette's comments toward the women in WWE. (laughs) Drag him. Leo, if you're listening, I love you. And thank you for dragging that man through the pitch on glass that he deserves to be dragged through. So shortly after Becky Lynch's announcement was made that she was pregnant and after Jim Cornette made his egregious comments, which we addressed on our last podcast, which is up. I finally did my fucking job and I got it up. Okay. So it's up there. You can hear everything. Leo Rush decided he was going to comment on it too. And what Leo said was this. And I quote, I'm tired of idiots like at the Jim Cornette spewing shit out of their mouths and thinking people won't say or do something back. Jim Cornette's response to that was, what are you going to do, you mental case? Find another prelim spot you can fuck yourself out of. All of all the people in the world, you couldn't whip. I could I couldn't whip your minuscule midget ass isn't one. Enjoyance obscurity, you earned it. Uh, his response was, mm, I love it. How does it feel knowing that I got thrown into a role that I had no business being in, and in my seven months of doing it, I still had a more promising manager career than you ever could? A fucking tennis racket was all you could come up with. Snap. I love him. I'm gonna and buy it. Becky Cornette and comes he may have shit to say because he told him about himself. Mm-hmm. In Leo Rush's defense, he is 100% correct. I do like the fact that he was um, Lashley's manager, but I do agree that he didn't have any business being in that position because that's not what he came in WWE to do. And because he was so talented, it seemed like they were wasting him with Lashley. Now, He's right. He was highly sought after while he was Lashley's manager, and he made the most of that position in WWE. I don't remember Jim Cornette being anyone's manager, and I was very, very um, taken aback when I was watching Dark Side of the Ring, and they said that he was Owen Hart's manager, and I was like, when? Yep, Camp Cornette back in the day. I don't remember that at all, and then they showed you know, the thickum version of Jim Cornette. And I was like, oh, that's probably why I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But I have I have no recollection of him being his manager at all. Furthermore, I tend to drown Jim Cornette out a lot. And I know that back then he just, I didn't like him. So, and I was a little kid. So <laughs> I still remember not liking him. So... Leo Rush can hold his own. He pretty much, pretty much read Jim Cornette better than I could. Yeah, I don't. I, I just want to know why he said enjoy obscurity because Leo Rush is still like. Well, before I go off on Leo, um, never thought I would say this. I want to apologize for talking shit about somebody on, on the show. Um, 
There was an interview with that Corey Graves did on his podcast with Seth Rollins, and it was brought up. And Seth, I gotta give you a round of applause, man. Like you, you handled that so fucking mature. And I'm like, Seth Rollins finally grew up. Like, wow. And uh, I'm not surprised. The way he handled that. And he not only did he he called her, I just gotta have my squishy moment. He called her his wife. I was like, ee! like okay, I'm over it. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I'm over it. But um, no, it's just like the way he handled it. And not only did he stand up for Becky, he stood up for Dana, and you know all the women in the locker room. And you could tell no, he was not even that. It was just um, also I really liked his comment. He said. And I wish I remembered it quote from quote because it was really well. He was just said his comments was a general disrespect to not to women and working moms in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it I was. Think, yeah. It was. Also very, and that was also just something yes, I thought about, but I wouldn't think about saying that if someone was asking me about that. So that was just like a very nuanced um, answer from him a very aware answer. But I was just like, the way he handled it, and you could tell he was actually really hurt because, you know, he mentions he had a working relationship with Cornette in Ring of Honor. And um, he was angry, and I'm like, but the way he handled himself, because he knew that, knowing Cornette, that if Seth lost his fucking mind and, like, really told Cornette about himself... Cornette would just, that would just give him more ammo to come out and be like, Seth Rollins is just a piece of shit and he's pussy whipped and blah, you know, all that horrible fucking shit he says. He probably still um, gonna say that. He, he's mad. He's he's just, just mad mad. And you, y'all go back and listen to last week's episode. You'll know my feelings toward Jim Cornette. I have no love loss for this man at all. Um, But the way Leo handled it, I liked it. I, I loved it. I was just like, I'm going to print this out, I'm going to post it in my house, and I'm going to read it every time I'm having a bad bad day. I'm just going to read when Leo Rush drug the hell out of Jim Cornette. And, you know, honestly, someone needs to step up and take Cornette's fucking Twitter away from him. Because, like, we're, we're just tired. We're tired of his ass. We really fucking are. Like, he... You know, Cornette reminds me of all the fucking people, like, and everyone's like, you know, Twitter's fucking toxic. This is what we need because of people like Cornette having access to it. But At this point, I, I just don't give a shit about Jim Cornette. And I find him to be, um, he likes to create controversy and then sit back and say, well, why are you so mad? We're just, I'm just, you know, having a conversation. I'm just a color commentator. That's what I'm supposed to do. And it's like, the moment you say anything to him, he turns into a straight-up pussy and you're blocked. So, I find it funny that I'm supposed to just take these comments that you say about other people, and that's okay. And But the moment I, I come at your neck, you're ready to run and hit the block button because you're scared. And it's like, yo, like, if you can dish it, you can take it with your punk ass. Like, don't go out there talking about people. 
facts. Don't talk about people like that. And the way that you speak about people, I don't see how you expect them to respond to you in a respectful manner. If your ass was on the streets where I'm from, you'd have got popped a long time ago, G. Like, real talk. They'd have whooped your ass. Because that kind of shit don't fly. You don't talk about people's mothers. You don't talk about they, the way they look. Like, you went in on a whole fucking rant about this girl's body and what she did to herself. And it's like her baby was some kind of curse to her. Like, if I was Becky, I would purposely go to a convention where I knew your thick ass would be at, and I would whoop your ass. Pregnant, pregnant or not. Yep. I would just whoop your ass. And I would take that misdemeanor, you know, that assault charge. I would take that shit. Because <laughs> I already done built my legacy. I already got, I'm already going to be in the Hall of Fame. They can't take that from me. Okay? I already got it. So, so they'll, they'll duck her this year just because of the fact she went and tore up Cornette. And you know someone in the back's like, finally, somebody fucking did it. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have just went to his house. I'd have been at his front door. Be like, what up, racist grandpa? You want to talk shit now? That's Jim, disrespect her and Leo should just jump him. I'm, I'm all for it. You know what? Jim Cornette's that guy who will bitch and complain on Facebook when he goes and when he goes somewhere where masks are mandatory in the store. And he gets told, sir, if you don't wear a mask, you can't come in. He's one of those assholes who'll go on Facebook and bitch about his freedom being taken away from him. <laughs> am I right or am I wrong? Like, <laughs> I hate those people. And I'm like, and I'm just waiting. I was like, if you get sick, don't be, don't say nothing. Literally, don't say nothing. You just go home. Right. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. I do not want to hear nothing about it. They want to cry and ask for prayers. Someone, someone who, someone is really going to whoop his old ass. He's going to piss someone off bad yep. enough one of these days, and they are going to roll the fuck up on him, and it's going to be his fault. And I, and if he, if it's in a public setting, don't nobody help him. He needs to catch that ass beating. <laughs> I, I didn't see shit. Well, ma'am, you were right there when I it happened. I feel like fucking business. I, I, didn't, I didn't see shit. <laughs> so I just also want to say hi to Jim because you know word gets back to him about any podcast that talks shit about him. So hi Cornette and if I could steal one of your lines, thank you, fuck you, bye. Oh please. Tired ass old man. Sick of you. I think it's just um, funny. I think it's just funny, and then this is the last thing I'll say on Cornette, but it's just like, Cornette's one of those guys, if you ever listen to his show, I listen to, like, snippets of it on, like, YouTube where other people upload it so I don't give him the views or the, the, the satisfaction, and he's always, like, one of those guys who are like, oh, I'll roll up, I'll roll up, all right, Jim, fucking roll up, I'll be, I'll, I told him last week, I'll go to jail, I get a, I'll take my sm- mug shot with a smile, let's go. Lord have oh no, Alexis, we ain't getting arrested on Jim Cornette of all the people. <laughs> I'll fucking do it. I'll have a smile on my face. I'm, right. I'm not afraid of jail. We don't, we don't have to do that. Fuck him. He can bury the hope for himself. 
Any whoosies. So, on Jim Ross's podcast, he was talking about Chris Jericho and WrestleMania 2000. There was a fatal four-way for the main event in that WrestleMania, and Jericho was supposed to be in that match, but he was replaced with Mick Foley because he was too short. According, on that. according to Vince McMahon, he was too short. Now, I didn't look up this match, but I'm I'm going to because I don't remember it. Okay, I'm I vaguely remember it. I don't remember everything. Was that the WrestleMania 2000 Fatal Four Way? Yeah, because it was Big Show. Because it was like a McMahon in every corner. It was Big Show, The Rock, Triple H. So it was The Rock versus Triple H versus Mick Foley versus Big Show. The Mm -hmm. Rock had Vince. Triple H had his wife, Shane had Big Show, and Linda had Mick Foley. But to me, that makes more sense that Linda would pick Mick Foley. Because on screen, her and Mick had a working relationship. They said Jericho was supposed to be the original pick. But they felt like due to his size, it would seem like a severe mismatch. So they picked Foley because he kind of measured up when it came to Triple H and um, The Rock. They were kind of in the same height range. We all know Big Show's a big guy. He towers over everybody. But it wouldn't have looked so bad. Like, you would have had Jericho in there, and he would have been a short guy. Everybody else is at least over 5'10". So, and you know Jericho's bow-legged as hell, so. Well, this was young Jericho, not drunk grandpa Jericho. He was bow-legged back then. (laughs) I don't, I call bullshit on that because every single, because I just, okay, so funny thing, I watched WrestleMania 2000 like the other day, so it's kind of funny because, so this is fresh on my mind. Like, there, the whole thing was like the McMahons were just arguing because that's pretty much how it was. Was like for a while, like the McMahons were always front and center. Mm-hmm. And so The Rock was working with Vince. Like this is all on screen, so I don't want you marks thinking, oh, she's she's blah 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 whatever. On screen, The Rock was working with Vince because The Rock was a heel at the time. So him and Vince were in like the corporation together or something like that. I think. But anyway, they were, they were working together. Stephanie was with Triple H, so that made sense. Shane picked the big show because Shane was the stupid dumb kid. He's just like, oh, big guy, he's going to be. And then Linda was the one who brought back Mick because Foley was, it's not completely fresh, but Foley was either the general manager who got fired or he had just retired, and on screen, him and Linda had a working relationship because he was a GM of Raw back in the day, too. And the only, well, McMahon, the only McMahon he listened to was Linda because he didn't want to listen to Stephanie and Shane, and he was on the outs with Vince. So the only one he really respected and talked to was Linda. I get the story. They did spin the story right so that it made sense. But this is Jim Ross who's saying um, this. This is not like Wrestling Observer or some shit. I I honestly believe it because especially during that time, they still don't like short guys. 
and no. I don't know if it was here or somewhere or I, we we were talking about wrestlers that like like Vince hates. Hmm. And I think we were talking about we were saying like so it's like I don't know what's going on with him and Mysterio. He they I don't know what they've been doing with Ray Mysterio. But uh, Finn is one of them. And he never was really here, especially you think about um, 2000. Like, that's still, like, very peak attitude era. He's not, like, he's still, that's when he was very heavy into the body type that he likes and what he views as a star that before people, before you had Triple H, you had enough rapport with them who became more business mindset that he's able to kind of like talk him into certain super so this is just the pure Vince show so I am not I'm honestly not surprised by it I'd be shocked if it was something different but yeah I I, I, I believe and also since it's like JR and I give JR a lot of shit and he's like an idiot but um he's not a liar I mean, he was really trying last night. I gotta admit, he's, he's getting a lot better with AEW color commentary, but I don't know. Like, around that time, because I'm trying to think, that's when, like, wow, okay, so 2000, if I remember 2000 WrestleMania, Royal Rumble correctly, this is when, like, Jericho and China were going for the IC title, and they were, like, co-defending it. I'm just trying to sit here like Jericho's character would not fit into that equation if that like would so what was Big Show the one that replaced him then because it was um Foley's the one that replaced him oh okay I'm just you can see how like to me like his personality wouldn't fit in there because like they already had the, they already had the Rock who was the smack talker. Big Show, I don't know why he was there. Foley was the emotional moment, and Triple H was the heel. That's what I don't get. You were trying to figure out how they were going to work Jericho into the storyline. How yeah. would he fit? I don't yeah. know, but they say he was the original guy, and then Vince changed his mind, which to me seemed like a decent idea because from reading the story. Foley got eliminated in this match pretty early. He was taken out pretty early. Hmm. And then in the end, you know, Vince turned on The Rock and The Rock ended up um, hitting The Rock bottom on everybody and then giving the people's elbow to Stephanie. I love that part. Oh, I She screamed. took a rock bottom and the people's elbow. You didn't see Shane doing that. That was all Steph. Yeah. Like they I will make, they used to really make stuff work for the check. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I we, we give we give stuff a lot of shit, but I will say this. Um, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said it like when we were talking with our friends. Shane pretty much got like anything he kinda wanted, like on screen, like his friends got to come in. Yeah. And he got to you know, like he was in like actual matches and all this bullshit. Meanwhile, Stephanie's over here 
She's getting drugged up by Triple H. She's getting body slammed by people every other week. She's getting the people's elbow. She, I mean, she's taking, like, actual big hits. She's getting involved in storylines. She's not an actual wrestler, but she's getting involved with storylines. Like, you really hated her. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it's kind of, like, funny because Shane was trying to do what Stephanie did when he did his little heel thing. I'm like, Shane, you can't do something that your sister already did, like, 20 times better than you already. Because, Ooh. like, Shane, Shane annoyed you. But Stephanie, you flat out fucking hated that bitch, and you could not wait for her to get her comeuppance. Shane McMahon don't have the, the I would say Stephanie is the true definition of, of like, she knows how to be a bitch when it's time to be a bitch. And she knows how to use her, exert her power. I like Stephanie as a heel a lot. I'm like, if you want to look to somebody as to who you should frame yourself after, if you're trying to be somebody who is, like, a powerful um, woman in terms of how she wields that power and you want to be a heel in that regard, she's a good example of how to do that. And I, I was like, of all the heel managers and heel GMs that we've had, she's one of the best because she just... She has no fear. Like, she steps in front of a man that's, like, twice her size, and she's ready to roll. Like, she'll slap the shit out you. Straight mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, you know what? I can ride with that. I hate you, but you who? You know? <laughs> it's fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? And I like her as a face character, because she doesn't... She's not completely baby face. Like, Stephanie's a good anti-hero when it's time for her to be a face character. So right. I, I've always liked Stephanie. I give her props. I might talk about her sometimes, but I give I give her props. <laughs> well, she, she I always give yeah. her flowers. Queen, I always support you, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole appreciates you, Stephanie. You. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Okay. So I forgot yeah, about I had not heard that. Yeah. So there's a rumor about Rhea Ripley. So Rhea Ripley told Flash Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends podcast. Now this is coming from her mouth. That How are you liking the podcast so far? I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you have a topic that you think we should be discussing on Down for the Cow, don't hesitate to contact us. You can send us a voice message right here on the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on social media. Our Instagram is at D4TC underscore podcast. Our Twitter is at Down for the Count 19. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll let you get back to the podcast. originally supposed to win the NXT title from Shayna Baszler. The plan was to bring Ripley in and have her tap out to Baszler in a one-off match. That's weird. Now, why would you do that? That would kill that would kill Ripley before she could even get started. Who idea was to let have her lose like that? 
Whose idea was it to let her talk about stuff that's going on in the back? Well, it didn't happen, so I think that they're allowed to speak on it when it didn't happen. I don't know. Mm. Mm-mm. I just, okay, so who, so if they weren't going to drop the belt to fucking Rhea, then who that, that, okay, this makes no fucking sense to me, like, at all. Well, maybe yeah. they were going to let her drop it to somebody else, like Io Shirai or whatever. They had already gave him 50 chances. They might as well let her give, give it to Rio. But then that makes no sense. Like, because as soon as she lost the belt, she got brought up to the main roster, because that's when she started feuding, like, showing up. And, like, feuding with Becky. Yeah. Yeah, she had maybe two other NXT matches she had. Um, she was in that battle royal again. She was in that battle royal. And yeah. Shotzi eliminated her. Mm-hmm. And then she wrestled Shotzi. She beat Shotzi. And I think she maybe had one more match at NXT, and that was it. Yeah. And then. So that doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know, man. It came from Rhea Ripley. I just, I don't believe just because it comes straight. If anything in this 2020 or anything in this world can teach you, don't always believe what you hear. Because what was she gaining from saying that though? That's what I want to know because we, I know we were sitting here busting down the old guard last last week, but there is some stuff in wrestling that. You don't do whether it's a because you don't like the guys and women who used to wrestle for WWE and they've long since hang up, hung up their wrestling boots. Like they talk about stuff like that and that's okay. But when you are just when you're you're brought over to NXT and you're not gone, you're not doing anything, and you say that, I would be kind of like, dude, why did you think it was okay to say this on a podcast? Well, what's the difference between Rhea Ripley telling everybody the original plan for her when she came up for NXT than Shane Helms telling everybody he was the mastermind behind the major match at WrestleMania for the women's main event? Because Shane Helms is not a current member of the WWE roster. He was at the time. He had just got furloughed. He's not a performer, though. He's not a performer. He's not wrestling. He's not a current wrestling on. He's not currently on the roster. That's what. That's what the difference. Well, there's a. That's where I see the difference. If you're currently on the roster, you shouldn't be saying shit like that unless you are saying that to get attention. Because yeah, we busted down the old guard, but there is still some rules back there that, you know, even the. Uh, new school people follow, and one of them is not saying what, what exactly you is the problem with her saying this. The what problem? did it do? Because it didn't, it didn't, it didn't boost her or Shayna in any way, shape, or form. She didn't necessarily need to be boosted because she's already in a match with Charlotte Flair and Io Shirai. So there's, there's, she does, she has nothing to gain by saying this. And I think she was just on. I don't know the context of the conversation. We just know that this is what was said. So my thing is, if there, I could see if this was somebody like um, Dana Brooke. Then I could kind of understand 
where you're coming from, but you got somebody like Rhea, who's sort of at the top in terms of women in the in the industry for WWE specifically. She doesn't need any help to get there. This was not some way for her to tear down Shayna. It didn't make Shayna look bad. If anything, it makes her look bad. So what? What exactly is the issue? The issue with me is that there's some things while you're on a current, I believe when you're on a current roster, you shouldn't be saying about the stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, they didn't go through with it, but it's just like, why would you even want to mention something like that? Well, what if she was asked? I still wouldn't say it. You don't like, I know this sounds like a, Whatever, man. But it's like, to me, it's like, why are you going on there and telling this shit? Like, I could see if she was, like, telling them, like, who wrote the story. And then they were like, um, they were like, no, because we don't want to bury you. We want you to be at the top. I could see if she went into depth as to exactly and detailed every step of what they did and how they do it. But to me, I, I genuinely don't see the problem with this. I I just pers- just with me, I see a problem. Just because, like, you s- okay, but let me ask you this. Why would you have a problem with Dana Brooke talking about it, though? Because I feel like Dana would need something, a story like this, in order to get forward. But even in Dana's, like I said, I said I can see it. But even in Dana's case, I wouldn't necessarily be like, okay, well, she putting shit out there so that she can push forward. Because in the context of what she said, it doesn't make anybody look great or bad. It, it doesn't make anybody look good, and it doesn't make anybody look bad. It's just, this is what, this was the original storyline for me. And then they went with the, they changed it. I don't, I genuinely don't see a problem with it, even if it was Dana. I would say, okay, what does Dana have to gain from looking at this story, the way that they have it structured? She has nothing to gain either, but I'm saying somebody like Dana putting the story out there like that, she doesn't have the same level of fame as Rhea Ripley does. So, of course, it would get people to talk about her, but I wouldn't be like, well, she shouldn't be saying this kind of stuff because there's a certain secrecy that should be held. Because I don't I guess, see anything wrong with what was said. I could, I don't understand the issue with what was said. I just don't like it that, I mean, okay, how, I mean, it, to me, it's kind of like getting a spoiler, okay? Like, what if, like, you're, there was this movie that you're really high up for, and then one, before the movie came out, one of the actors came out, and they're saying, well, this was supposed to happen, but they changed it at the last minute, and you're just like, why did you tell me this? They've done yeah. that before. <laughs> well, I, um, I, don't, I don't like it. I think that there, yes, we all know kayfabe, kayfabe is dead, but I do believe that there needs to be some kind of stuff that the, especially for people who are like, I know all about wrestling. I'm not claiming to be that. But there needs to be some sort of things that are just like left behind, especially with, with, uh, with the writers and stuff. I really think there just needs to still be some kind of mystery of what's going on in the writer's room and and not everything that got squashed needs to come out because it's 
If it didn't go through, it's really none of our damn business. Um, I can see where you're both coming from. I do get the aspect of not needing to know because I kind of feel like that with certain stuff too. I feel like we don't need to know everything as like just like a collective as a fan, even if someone else asked her about it, but also I don't think she might, even if quote unquote, I'm not saying there's a, it's right or wrong. It's just kind of how you view it. So say, and also I think this leans to her age. I think if she was older, I don't think she would have said it, even if she was asked asked about it. I think she probably would have been like, oh, whatever, just like probably change the subject or answered it in a roundabout way. Um, I don't necessarily see a problem with it, but I also don't think it was, we didn't need to know that. Even if she was asked, like, I, I just don't need to know that. And there's just some things we don't need to know about. Yeah. And I mean, I can understand where you're coming from, Tiff. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to cause an argument, but it's just like, leave some mystery. I don't want to know everything that goes on in the back of the WWE. We already know what goes on there and they're already getting lawsuits because of it. So I don't want to know anything else. I, I don't have an issue with you guys not wanting to know. I just I just didn't understand why it was it ha- it was a problem for me it was just okay well I think that was a stupid ass story I'm glad they didn't go with it because it wouldn't have done anything it just would have made Shayna look like an unstoppable force once again which we were already aware of so I was fine with that I didn't give a shit I didn't care I mean I was like okay well they decided to go to with another story cool whatever I. Do I think it was a necessary thing to know? No, not necessarily, but it's out there. So, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not at the point where I'm just like, I will say this, like certain things I believe should have some anonymity, of course, because I don't know everything that happens in basketball and football behind the scenes, but you still watch it. Do you understand? So, I'm fine with that, and I agree on that front, but I just felt like this story didn't kill anything, it didn't lend to anything, it didn't make anybody look, it it didn't do anything, it was just, it just exists, and I was just like, okay, well, whatever. (laughs) I'm going to find the the podcast that she she talks about it on, because, like, and I just want to see how she brings it up, because if she just brings it up, like, out of nowhere, I'm going to be like, well, why? Because that's the thing. It's just like, why are you saying this? Why? I don't know. But I, res- but I get where you're coming from, Tip, though. I really do. So I'm not, like, I'm not, a, I wasn't upset. I just wanted to understand, like, what was the issue. And I get it. You guys are like, well, I don't want to know everything. I kind of, like... I kind of like being able to say, okay, this was the story and that was it. But I was just like, well, she's just like, well, this was an alternative story. And I'm like, kind of glad they didn't go with that alternative because it sucks. So now we can move on. <laughs> That's just how I feel. I, I just didn't genuinely care. So I was like, well, she, I don't know the context of the conversation, 
or who brought it up. If Rhea brought it up because of the context of conversation, it would be an unnecessary statement. It didn't need to be said. Because it didn't lend to anything. It was just... Mm. It's just kind of one of the stories that came out of left field. Right? Yeah, because I just was like, well, I don't... For me, I'm just like, well, okay, well... What exactly were they going to do? How are you going to... I could see where you go from here, but... That story in itself doesn't make sense to me. But whatevs. <laughs> do you guys have anything else to say about Rhea Ripley? No, um, I just, I, I'm just curious. Yeah, I want to listen to the content. Something bit me. I am so fucking itchy. Um, well, I- I want to double back real quick, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but Nicole said, you know, maybe it's her age. Um, at what age? Because Rhea is 22. No, I'm not saying, like, I think it's because, obviously, and this is, like, changing of, like, how the old guard does things to the new guard. So I'm saying, so that's why I said her age, because I think she's, like, 22, 23 tops. And obviously, if this was, like, even five years ago, eight years ago, like, that would have been, like, such a taboo because they were just so used to, like, things had to be a certain way and being really strict, and that's just not how locker room culture is. So I think that's why also she just felt, like, comfortable to even give that information in the first place. Yeah. There's a certain level of comfort with speaking to the media, and they don't have as many reservations as the old guard used to have and they're they're more free they don't they don't have they're not about the the they don't want to always how can i put it my thing is just like how because ria's not ria's known to be a little controversial when she speaks um she said a certain so but i just want to know like at one point if she continues to like kind of be like I don't want to say nonchalant but if she just keeps doing this kind of stuff um at one point do we hold her responsible and just not be like well it's her age she's young she doesn't know better blah 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 because I really have a feeling that like one day she's going to say something and really put her foot in her mouth without and something will come back and bite her in the ass like a couple well, when those tweets reemerged and she apologized but well, um, um I just want to know when 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 are we going to stop just like and that's for anybody in the wrestling biz who's young but what when do you think would be a when we stop saying oh they're young they don't know any better but like then they really fuck up and then they're just like nope we're done we can't defend you anymore okay well let's put this into perspective if you're 22 and the most training you've had in media literally is promo school. How would you handle a situation like that? If you're not probably trained in how you're supposed to speak with the media and what things you should keep private and how you should do things, because from my understanding, WWE doesn't exactly give you a manual on how you should do this. 
You're kind of thrown into the fire. So if you think back to when you were that age, I'm not taking up for Rhea because she says some fucked up shit and there's a certain way you should conduct yourself in public, period. But when you're talking about how can we hold people accountable, at the same time, they need to be trained on how to speak to the media. Podcasts are required, are considered media. So if you're going to go on a podcast and you're not told, hey, look, you need to stick to this. When the celebrities go out there to go promote their movies, they send those goddamn journalists a guideline. This is what I'm going to talk about. These subjects are off limits. If you bring it up, I will not discuss it. And they usually stick to the script. That's not the case with these wrestlers. So you do have to give Rhea Ripley some rope. I'm not saying you have to let her be this little kid who's running around with the scissors, okay? I'm saying if they're not going to give them the proper tools to be able to handle these type of situations, then you're going to have to give them a learning curve to get through it. But shouldn't the WWE do that? I mean, they're a multi-million dollar company. But and also, um, she and it's also a thing that she might should know better. Also, Flash Morgan Webster is another wrestler. Not only he's another wrestler, he's another wrestler that's on NXT UK. So it's someone that she works knows very well and has worked with often. And I think that's why she kind of felt comfortable to kind of quote unquote put her foot in the mouth. That's the same thing when she kind of had like that drama or that that scandal before. She was, like, on Twitch, like, she was, again, like, talking with, like, with her friends and stuff like that. So she was just kind of, like, you know, just popping off on the mouth. And I think she just needs to realize that she, even if she's talking to her friends on a media outlet, it's still a media media outlet. Right. The comfortability, like, you're in a comfort zone. We're on our podcast, true enough. But even we say shit we don't have any business saying. Okay? Let's just keep it real. There are some things where we, I, where sometimes we go a little too far and we should cut things out because even though we do have a voice and we're supposed to have an opinion, we do represent a subculture form of media. And there's a certain way that we should conduct ourselves. But we kind of like being freeform, so we keep it that way. For Rhea Ripley, it's different. If you're in a setting where you feel comfortable speaking and you're speaking freely, then sometimes that guard that you would normally have with regular media is dropped because you feel like, okay, this is my boy. He's going to be, you know, we're just vibing. And you're you're just talking and shit just comes out. So... I am not saying she deserves a free pass every time she fucks up. But I do think that Alexis is right. WWE needs to train their superstars to understand how to conduct themselves when it comes to press and media forms, whether it be podcasts or um, regular radio or TV shows. In that regard, they need to understand what is appropriate, what should be said, and what shouldn't. And then, too, I also agree with Nicole. Rhea has to be able to hold her own in any setting. And that is a fault within her that she has to correct. 
when you see Charlotte Flair, she might go on a podcast like Corey's podcast. Sasha does it too. They don't drop character. They're in character on that podcast or when they are trying to be themselves, there's only a certain way that they will, certain things they will say. There's only so far that they're going to go. Or even Becky, who literally would be in kayfabe 24-7 period. Right. Right. And then, like, think about it. When she was on WWE backstage a few months back, and everybody was going at her neck because she was like, we need to take the word woman out of, you know, wrestling. She was still in character when she did that, but what she said was not a, a direct attack towards WWE or wrestling in in period, but that's how it was perceived. So she had to go back and then explain what she meant, and then everybody understood and they got it. But she was in character, and there was only a certain way she would go. And I'm sure they were like, well, you go on the other media outlets, and they want to talk about Seth Rollins. And she's like, no, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about me. And that's where they leave it. So, And that's a, a learning curve that, she, that Rhea has to learn. And it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But I can understand if she's going out there conducting interviews telling everybody, hey, this is supposed like every time she goes, if she's telling you this was supposed to happen with this person, this was supposed to happen with that person, that's different. Then I would be like, okay, chill the fuck out, because everything doesn't need to be spilled. So I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I just don't... I don't think this instance was that big of a deal. They need to send. Um, I don't know if anyone has watched the Scorpio show. Scorpion show is this YouTube channel, a YouTube show that's been on for like ever, ever, and ever, and ever. Yeah, I've watched it. You got okay. Kevin. He so loves it. in this case, Rhea needs to go to Matthew Knowles School of Media Training. <laughs> so if people aren't familiar with um, the Scorpion show, Scorpion shows Mikel and um, Kevin mm-hmm. and back in their older videos when, and I haven't watched their stuff in a very long time, but... Me either. Very, very long time, but when celebrities would mess up, he, Mikel would be like, I don't even know how, like, they need to go, he's like, Matthew Knowles needs to help these people out. I think it was like, Carrie Hill's like, somebody was doing something stupid. And he was just like, and Kevin was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, no, really think about it. He's like, ain't none of them. He said, Kelly. He said, whoever else, Michelle, Beyonce. He said, you don't never hear them wilding out. He said, they don't. I said, if they do give interviews, he said, they don't talk shit about people. They keep to themselves. He mm-hmm. was like. They want, he said that's Matthew no school of media training. He said say with Salaj. So anytime somebody was um messing up, they actually was doing this at one point. He was like they need to they're they were officially getting enrolled into Matthew Knowles School of Media Training. Yeah. Now, I don't know, Rhea might need to go for a little bit. I'm pretty sure Matthew could use the money. I mean, I think all wrestlers should have some form of media training. I don't know for sure if WWE does it, but it seems to me like they don't because she's not the only one who tells what's going on in the back while they're still under WWE contract. Like, 
Carl Anderson did it when they were overseas in um in Saudi. Leo was doing it while he was still wrestling. They all do it. They all go on Twitter and voice their frustrations and get mad. And they speak about the company. And they do it, some of them do it, in glowing terms. They're pissed off. They're saying what they want to say. Like Luke Harper used to do it often. They all do it. But I think that they... They all need to have some form of training, especially in social media and in media, period, because you can damage your career and not, and I get it, it can make you look like you're not trustworthy. Yeah, especially if you're looking to go to another company. Um, They need to do that for that, and also for, um, they also need to teach a class about how to deal with Vince once he leaves NXT. Yeah, because I find um, it very odd that they just send them to the main roster and they don't have any training and say, hey, Vince can change the script on the fly. You need to be prepared. Like, Sasha was just like, they just pretty much sent us up to the roster and we were learning We were learning right then and there, like, hey, Vince is going to change the script tonight and we had to try to figure out these lines right there on the spot. Right. Like, like, no one should be in shock, awe, bamboozled, or nothing when they go up to the main roster. And all, and that's been, like, a common thing, so I don't know, um, Triple A, Road Dog, um, Sean, um, somebody, um, fucking Albert, fucking somebody. All y'all back there could prepare. I got all those 15 million fucking promo classes but don't nobody teach a class about how to deal with fucking Vince man when you're on your own. Amen. Jesus. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's one class that they need because, because I think once I heard that from Sasha, I was like, I felt like I've heard this a lot. And then I realized I had heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you telling these kids, especially like these soft people, how to deal with Vince? No offense to them. If they're soft, but you know, some are. But you know, they can't be. My allergies are really. What did I? What was I buy outside? My allergies are not agreeing with me right now. Um, but yeah, they need to teach. They need a media training class. They can hire Matthew Knowles. He is. He needs all the money he can get. I'm pretty sure he's not expensive. <laughs> um, they can call him. Um, I don't know. They somebody can teach that how to talk to Vince 101, or how to deal how to Vince how to deal with Vince McMahon uh, 101. That's gonna be a hell of a class. Mm-hmm. And if you, and they literally need to have, like, I, I kid you not, like, they need to have a test. If you don't get a certain percentage, you can't, <laughs> can't you can't get moved up yet. Man, where are we at? Grade school? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm telling, honestly, and, like, this is no shade to, like, quite a few. I honestly think if more of the people who transition from NXT to main roster that aren't with the company anymore or are having problems might not have the prob- character problems that they have 
if they knew how to communicate with him. I agree. And that's not their fault. That's the people who are quote unquote supposed to prepare them. Right. So um, if you guys are listening, don't be pulling people fucking up and not preparing them. Fuck out of here. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. That's all we got. We ain't got no more. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Down for the Count. I know we've been inconsistent with our uploads. Please forgive me. That's all on me. Don't blame the girls, but we're going to get back into it. Don't worry. This week's episode is coming. We're going to have three episodes plus two bonus episodes. I'm going to be pumping them out, child. So we're going to be talking about a lot of things, including the situation with George Floyd. We're also going to talk about this week in wrestling. We're also going to talk about wrestling news. We have it all. And we're going to finally get up our reviews of Dark Side of the Ring, the last five episodes of Dark Side of the Ring are going to be up and ready for you guys to listen to. So if you're ready for that and everything we have coming in the near future, don't forget to stay tuned with Down for the Count. We love every single one of you guys and we will see you guys next time.